Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. And I got to tell you, I was, I saw today, and I'm not a big, you know this, if you listen to this program for any length of time, which you absolutely should, the heck's up with that if you don't, but I was looking, I saw something on social media. I'm not a big social media guy, as you all know, but it was, I think it was posted by Donald Trump Jr., I I believe. And I chuckle because he's got, um, I don't know, he's got a, he's not his dad, but there's definitely some things that are, you know, like his, his, his father, just not, no one can pull off what Donald J. Trump can can do, but that's another story. But he posted this, um, I don't know what it even was, if it was a meme <clears throat> or just a, a quote, but it said something to the effect of imagine being convinced to vote for a guy because the other guy, Trump, was, you, you were told, was going to do all sorts of terrible things to the country. And then the guy that you were tricked into voting for because you were tricked into hating the guy that you voted against, you really didn't vote for Biden in this analogy. You voted against Trump, and then you realize, hey, I don't know what this guy stands for. And then realizing that he is actually the epitome, he is the embodiment, he is the actual perpetrator of all the things that you were told to be afraid of as it pertained to President Trump. And now they're happening right before your very eyes. Imagine that. And that's what, folks, a big chunk of this country is going through today. By the way, welcome to the program. We'll talk about that in a minute. Email Todd at ToddFShow.com. Questions, thoughts, feedback, adoration, and praise, of course, always accepted at that email address or... You can text us or leave a message on the Huff Hotline, 317-455-5250. And let's see, also on our uh, community, our online community, community community.todhuffshow.com. So I want to start today. I want to start today by talking about Afghanistan. This is, folks, this is un- It's not unbelievable. That's not the right word. Because it's completely believable. It's just unfathomable that we have gotten to this point. The Pentagon yesterday, the Pentagon, this is an article in Fox News, confirms nearly 450, 450, 450 Americans are trapped in Afghanistan. Subheading is the number is higher than what the State Department had said last week. Now we can rewind, rewind 
um, the historical record here, and we can realize or we can point out, we can actually put our finger on the calendar because remember, and this is one of the things that I think they, they made such a big deal about the date. August 31st, we were going to be completely out of the nation of Afghanistan. That's all that mattered. They just wanted the headline that says Biden ended America's longest running war. No other American president. We, we you know, this has been fought under four presidents from Bush to oh, uh, Obama, the old Biden bomb administration to Trump, and now Biden. And now Biden is the new sheriff in town. Biden goes in there and says, look, it's over, folks. We're going to pull our troops out. I've had enough of this. These other presidents couldn't do what I'm about to do. I'm going to show them how this gets done and how real le- what real leadership looks like. And Biden walks in there and makes it happen. August 31st. In fact, the last plane, <laughs> the last plane they told us takes off at 11.59. 11.59 p.m. I mean, this thing was planned down to the minute. We were told this was just a wonderfully executed plan, and we were told anything that went wrong with this plan was, of course, blamed on, you guessed it, President Trump, right? That's how this whole thing went down. And you'll remember, you will remember that Biden, a few days later, after people tried to escape Afghanistan by hanging onto the side of airplanes, you remember this, right? And we saw... Uh, bombings and the deaths of U.S. military personnel, 13 of them, in fact. We watched this unmitigated disaster, completely mismanaged, botched, terribly executed exit strategy unfold before our eyes. And then Biden gets on TV and he tells us, he tells us that there's 100 to 200 Americans still there. And I believe, I didn't check the record on this. This is just coming to me as I'm thinking about this. I believe that even alluded to, maybe not during the speech, but some point in time uh, when they were referencing it, maybe Jen Psaki did this the next day when she was defending whatever stupid comments Biden made the previous day. And they, they made a comment that not all those Americans even wanted to leave. Right? They made it sound like there was just a couple dozen people here or there and hey, we'll go back and get them, you know, probably tomorrow afternoon. No big deal, right? And and it has been a debacle. It has been, I, it is, it is unconscionable what we've done here. 450 Americans, the Pentagon said, are still in Afghanistan. More, which of course is more than the Biden administration had previously claimed. Now, um, let's look here at, now the numbers get, <laughs> the numbers get, we're not even going to look at the breakdown because it gets confusing. Basically, again, what we're looking at is 450 Americans who are, who are stuck in Afghanistan. And I was thinking about this as I was preparing for today's show and I was reminded, reminded of something that happened when I was knee high to a grasshopper, as they say, it was... The Iranian hostage crisis. You remember this? Or maybe you've read about it in history books. Some of you may have been alive. Those that are more seasoned citizens amongst us, you might have remembered this 
this uh, happening under, yes, you're right, the president uh, presidency of Jimmy Carter. And by the way, this presidency of Biden looks to be the second term of Jimmy Carter because there are so many parallels here. It is terrifying to think about because Biden and Carter did more damage in a few months or a few years in the case of Carter than arguably any other president in modern American history. They have obliterated the economy. They have emboldened our enemies. We, in fact, have found out both during the Carter administration and the Biden administration that one of the absolute truths I utter on this program from time to time is right there alive and well for all to see, and that is American weakness is provocative. It's not tweets from President Trump that are provocative. It is American weakness. It is apologizing for the United States of America. It is for making a, well, making a line in the sand as Obama did, drawing a red line and not doing anything about it. It is negotiating the stupid Iran deal, which, by the way, I saw Israeli Air Force is now uh, beginning to do training missions on taking out Iran's nuclear capabilities, But which, which seems bizarre because we were told by Obama and by John Kerry that Iran wasn't going to have nuclear weapons, right? That was the whole point of the Iran deal, prevent them t- from getting nuclear weapons, but in the process, giving them the capability to refine uranium to such a point that they were closer to the weaponization of, uh, of nuclear weapons or creating nuclear weapons. Anyway, but it's reminded me of the Iranian hostage crisis. And I want to look, this is actually, uh, I, I looked this up and read a little bit about this today, but this happened The Iranian hostage crisis happened under Carter's presidency, began in November of 1979, and there were, I thought I saw 66 hostages taken. This here says 52, but I just, 52, 66 compared to 450, right? This Iranian hostage crisis defined in a large (laughs) that combined with all the other unmitigated disasters brought upon the United States of America by the likes of Jimmy Carter and the liberals running the show at that time that defined the 20 or excuse me the, the 1980 election when President Reagan annihilated well the time was candidate Reagan annihilated President Carter in his re-election bid but there's some things about this that I want to point out. Number one, number one, you look at the just the, the number of people. You look at how this was addressed. The Iranian regime saw a weak president, a president that really wasn't capable of doing anything. I Jimmy Carter, I've I've heard some good things about the guy personally. Um, but my oh my, when you look at his abilities um, of, of leading the free world. It Nothing went well. Nothing, literally nothing went well. But again, this is the byproduct. 
This is the byproduct of executing ideas that are completely broken, broken ideas, broken ideology, radical leftism is. Anyhow, so we have we have a, a regime, the Iranian regime, who saw an opportunity. Of course, there were tensions. Of course, there was the Iranian revolution, all this stuff happening. But they also saw weakness, which they took full advantage of. There was an attempt to save some of these hostages or to save the hostages, and that was that was also botched. Military personnel were actually uh, died during that mission as well. And what I find interesting is this whole thing ended. You know when this the Iranian uh, hostage crisis ended? I'm not making this up. Hours, folks. Hours after President Ronald Reagan was inaugurated. Hours. The same day, January 20th, 1981, Inauguration Day. That is when the hostages were released. They were held in captivity for 444 days. Now, I hope for the sake of these 450 people, right? Just like I hope for the sake of the Christian uh, missionaries being held captive in Haiti. I hope that they don't have to wait for a real leader that has respect on the world stage or at least, (laughs) some people will say Trump didn't have respect, but what Trump did have, I, I don't agree with those sentiments. I think what Trump did have was an army, a military, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, that he was prepared. He didn't, he didn't want to use them, right? I mean, we, we didn't start new wars. We didn't expand the, the war front under Trump. But he was prepared in, uh, if he had to, to put to use that military. And the foes around the world, our foes, our enemies, understood that this guy, <laughs> he's not going to hold back. He kept them guessing. He, he he was not a predictable president to deal with. And they feared the United States of America. And that's what happened in 1981 when President Reagan came onto the scene. They realized – there was, of course, negotiations as well. I don't want to minimize all the stuff that had happened before, but isn't it interesting and at least a wee bit ironic or – at least worthy of discussion, that the very day of the inauguration of a new president, who, by the way, would not have put up with this stuff, and they knew it, that's the day that those hostages were released. Unfortunately, and I pray it doesn't come to this, um, for the people again in Afghanistan or uh, Haiti as well, but particularly Afghanistan because of the circumstances, they were abandoned, right? They were abandoned by this president. And how this is not bigger news... How this isn't bigger news should be proof positive of just how corrupt and deceitful and unwilling the media is to cover this particular president from a perspective of objectivity and truth. If President Trump, I mean, you know this, we would have tickers on CNN, right? X number of days since President Trump abandoned the people of uh, in Afghanistan, which in a sense... He would deserve, but that didn't happen, and it wouldn't have happened. If President Trump were president today, that would absolutely not be the circumstances in that country today. 
this is this is a massive story. Massive story. They lie to us at every. Remember Biden yesterday played that played that soundbite of him talking to the kids, the class, when he told who he thought was the class president. Who knows if it was really the class president or what? Who that kid was? Biden thought he was class president. Everyone's gonna just, I guess, let him think it because. No one wants to get him off track any more than he already is. And he told the kid, you know, these people back here, the the, the media, they ask me questions, they follow me around all the time, and part of my job is to do my best not to answer them. (laughs) Not to answer them. Not to have to answer their questions. He should have just added, you know what, I don't know how to answer any of their questions other than maybe getting this, um, putting in an earpiece and having someone in the back room tell me (laughs) how to respond to answers, or to questions, I should say. I don't know what to do about this. And here we are. That They don't even ask. There's no curiosity. I, it is, it's predictable. We know it. I'm just saying this for the people who want to argue and say that that's not really what's going on. We don't have a biased media. We don't have, you know, a double standard. We had a dangerous president, and now things are fixed. And I'm thinking, what? planet do you live on if that's really what you think how many hours of msnbc have you watched today how many don lemon episodes and tough guy chris cuomo episodes have you watched to think that this is anything remotely close to normal or good or productive or anything positive for the united states of america they they know that it's not they either know that it's not and they're lying to themselves or their hand, head is even deeper in the sand than I like to even acknowledge and realize because that has to be deep. That has to be so deep. They don't even know which way's up. They don't even know when the sun's shining. This is an unmitigated disaster. And lives are at stake. Real lives. Real lives are at stake. Right? Trump was, we were told Trump was down there creating concentration camps on the southern border. Meanwhile, we've got Biden literally abandoning American lives. And what's the plan to get them back? Is there even any interest? It's almost as though all they care about is the negative publicity. Just keep the, keep the narrative from, from being about that. Keep everything hush-hush, and we'll let them sit over there for days, weeks, months, years. I don't know. Until the next president comes in who actually is a leader. God forbid. I hope this isn't the case. Certainly what it looks like at this point in time. Gotta take a break. Listen here, the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, program brought to you in part by our friends at Citizens Bank, Citizens Banking. Com, several locations conveniently located right here in central Indiana. Find out more by visiting them at citizens-banking.com. By the way, as I've shared before, everything that we say on this program may not necessarily be endorsed by our advertisers, but as I always say and remind you, they certainly should stand beside what we say here. So, I want to shift gears. It's not a big jump uh, to what I want to talk about next. You know that I love 
talking about CNN. Not CNN's the one that gets the brunt of this, but there are so many. There are so many professional deceivers out there that I mean it, it's hard to to highlight them all, I guess. But here's one, Brian Stelter. Brian Stelter actually I sent out a tweet, two tweets yesterday. One of them reads as follows. This is the first one. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a regular on quote-unquote corporate media. This is his tweet. He's got quotations around that. Shows like Maria Bartiromo, uh, Bartiromo's says, we all know corporate media lies, okay? They do not tell the truth. This is him quoting DeSantis. Assume what they tell you is false and then try to figure out why they're telling you a false narrative. That was DeSantis, I'm presuming, on Maria Bartiromo's show. Then he comes back later, six hours or so later yesterday, and he tweets this. GOP's anti-media streak summarized. Governor of one of the biggest states in the USA says citizens should, quote, assume news outlets are lying to them. Now, Stelter's got his panties in a bunch over this. He's all upset about this. He thinks this is dangerous, right? This is, this is, they, they think, they, the radical left, the media, they believe that by being critical of the media, they believe that if a politician or someone like me or someone with a microphone, television show, a blog, whatever, a Twitter account, someone who has a, a number of, you know, a certain amount of followers or a strong enough I guess, influence or whatever. It's dangerous, right? It's dangerous. They think we're going to overturn the you know, the First Amendment. You're having people be critical. You can't be critical of the media. The media is above reproach. And this, of course, is foolishness. That is not at all what the First Amendment is supposed to do. The First Amendment is not designed to keep you from criticizing the media. The First Amendment is actually there so that you can <laughs> Ironically, criticize politicians, criticize media, say what you want to say, believe what you want to believe, get together and assemble with those with whom you want to assemble and peaceably uh, petition the government for a redress of grievances should you decide to do so. That's what the First Amendment says, right? And he's out here. He's upset about this. How can a governor, Stelter thinks, how can a governor tell viewers on Maria Bartiromo's show or wherever he is, how can he, with a straight face, tell them to be skeptical or to assume even that what the media is telling you is a lie? Well, I'm going to sit here and tell you that that's exactly what you should do. You should be incredi- incredibly skeptical of these liars and some of these folks who candidly are buffoons they are intentionally deceiving you, intentionally, 100%. You've seen the Project Veritas, and there's some stuff happening with Project Veritas too that we might get to as the program comes together today. But you look at what they've exposed these guys. There is no, They have been completely exposed. They stand before us in all of their naked glory for us to see exactly how they play the game, why they do it the way that they do it, for a certain amount of Americans, they just they don't have an interest, or they, I guess they believe that the uh, the media can do a good job of 
reporting on itself, I guess. The only ever wonder why the only news outlet that the that the media criticizes is Fox News. That's the only one that they ever have a problem with. The only one. The only news source the media ever has a problem with is Fox News. And I'm not saying that there should never be a problem with Fox News. I'm not a defender of Fox News. I don't think Fox News even comes up. I'm referencing articles uh, written by Fox News. This, that's one that's uh, the one I'm citing here is actually written by, posted at foxnews.com. But the idea, the idea that we're not allowed to criticize the media, you better be skeptical of what the media has to say about things. The media has an agenda, folks, and it's not to tell you the truth. The media desires a certain outcome. They do. They want to see Americans make certain decisions, elect certain politicians, drive the country a certain direction, and newsflash, it ain't, it ain't to the right. It's not towards the Constitution. It's not towards limited government. It's not towards empowering the individual. It's actually quite the, the exact opposite of that. And so, since they can't win when there's a free discourse, and when they can't, they can't win... They don't know how to, if they're forced to have to earn your trust, there's no way they can do that because they're deceptive and they are professional deceivers. Now, there are some exceptions. I don't want to be out here saying that there's no one out there that's practicing journalism, but it is, you know, sometimes we hear about species that are endangered and so forth. Journalism, journalists are an endangered species, critically endangered, I would even add. In fact, if we find a real one, we should probably try to pull DNA from this person, freeze it in a lab so that when this person eventually passes away, we have the DNA of an actual honest journalist that we can use in the future to make sure that we have another honest journalist, or at least stack the odds in the favor of having an honest journalist. We don't have that. We have a bunch of pundits. We have a bunch of politicians we have a bunch of members of the Democrat PR firm that are in the media that want you to think they're objective. They even told us, I played a soundbite yesterday. I think it was with Brian Stelter again, talking to some author about and some other journalist about how can we you know, get past this idea that we have to be fair to both sides because Republicans are basically terrorists. I mean, I'm paraphrasing and amplifying it a tad bit, just a wee bit, but that's the idea. Republicans are extremists. Republicans are, so says Brian Stelter, one of the professional deceivers out there, other people at CNN, right? Remember, uh, what was the doctor that was on, I'm drawing a blank, on uh, Rogan, Oz, what was the, the CNN medical contributor? She's drawing a blank too. I can see his face. Gupta, right? Yeah, she said Gupta. If you, may, you may have heard her there for a second. That's possible. But Sanjay Gupta, remember Rogan said, hey, don't you have a problem with your network lying to people about what I'm taking? Yeah, what do you mean they're lying? They're telling people I'm taking horse dewormer. Sanjay, Dr. Gupta, well, you know, are you saying I'm taking horse dewormer? Well, no, you're not. You're obviously not. Here, here's my prescription. You see this? Ivermectin. This is a medication for human beings. Well, you know, they shouldn't have done that. Well, do you have a problem with your network doing it? Did you ask them why they did it? No, 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 no interest, no, no interest whatsoever. And Stelter is offended. 
that a governor of Florida, who, by the way, the governor of Florida has been misrepresented countless times in the media as well. And they're tired of it. And I'm glad they're tired of it because more people need to be aware that these people in the media are professional deceivers. That's what they are. That's who they are. They wake up in the morning and they think, how can we get away with the next? You talk about the big lie, right? Trump's big lie that the election was stolen, whatever else, election integrity, all that stuff. No, the big lie, you want to talk about big lies? That's what happens in these newsrooms. When they meet each and every day, what big lie can we get away with by telling the American people today? Jokers. Bunch of jokers. You should. If they say it, you should look at it with absolute skepticism. You should maybe believe it 5% and just confirm it because I'm telling you more times than not, your instincts to not believe them are going to be right because they are there to deceive you. Quick timeout. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I guess this segment, I need to say (laughs) something I've been kind of wanting to say um, all program today which is let's go Brandon because I want to talk about this. It, it is it is amazing to me. And of course, it's always predictable. I don't want it to sound like it's not you know that, that this is coming out of the the blue, I guess. But it is remarkable to see in fact I saw where did I see that? There's a congressman from South Carolina Congressman from South Carolina on the House floor actually wore <laughs> wore a mask, right? You got to wear a mask. So the congressman says, okay, I'll wear my mask. And it says, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. This is CNN.com. Congress, uh, congressman wears mask on House floor with not-so-secret man- uh, message. South Carolina representative, Republican representative Jeff Duncan wore a mask on the House floor that read, let's go, Brandon, a coded phrase, a coded phrase. Everybody knows what, <laughs> everybody knows what that is. It, what it is, it's the uh, edited version of what people are <laughs> chanting at football games and so forth. Right? And <laughs> and it's just CNN is out there trying to analyze why there's a lack of decorum. Are, are they kidding me? Do you remember? This, this is unbelievable to me. Do you remember? I, I went through today and I looked at, I looked at some of the things that Congress people or other elected representatives or Hollywood types or whoever people with a microphone said and did during Trump's uh, tenure as President of the United States. And I want to mention one before I take a quick break. I was really long last segment, but one of these. What about, remember when Rashida Tlaib, do you remember this? This was just about, well, I guess it was longer ago than I realized. It was January of 2019. uh, Representative Rashida Tlaib calls Trump a, I guess cover young ears. I can't say it. An M-effer, 
I guess I can say say it that way. I don't know how else to say it to you. While she's promising impeachment. And there's a video of this, right? She's a congresswoman. I wish she was not a congresswoman. She's crazy, radical, dangerous for the United States of America. She believes in the antithesis of the Constitution, freedom, liberty, conservative principles and values, what the founders stood for, fought for, defended, implemented in this country. Anyway, she stood before a group and she said, she told her son this, which was even, I remember talking about this now as I'm saying this. She she told her son, son, um, you know, basically karma's going to get people. And he said something about Trump and she comes back and says, we're going to impeach the MFR is what she said. She bragging, fan, people cheering, yeah, woo! Remember, remember Kathy Griffin, Kathy Griffin holding a, you know, a very realistic Trump head, looking like she was uh, auditioning to be the nearest, uh, the, the latest Taliban representative or Al Qaeda or ISIS member, decapitating Trump's head. Oh, remember that? Remember the play? We actually had a play. I, in fact, I read articles today. Back from a couple of years ago, the Trump Trump was in a play that was loosely, you know, based upon the Julius Caesar story, and they had a character that looked exactly like Donald Trump getting murdered at the end. And we were told that's you can't you gotta let that stuff be. That is that is art. That is you're misunderstanding the real message here. And we got a group of people that say, "Let's go, Brandon." And they, the media wants to understand suddenly why there's a lack of decorum in this country. <laughs> Forgive me for not thinking that's a serious sentiment. It's amazing. It's the same thing when they're not in power, the media and the Democrats, all they want to talk about is bipartisanship, reaching across the aisle. We got to work these things out together, blah, blah, blah. When they're in power, it's what Obama said, elections have consequences. Republicans get out of the way. Remember Biden said that? Let Democrats save the country. You guys are trying to destroy it. He just said that here a month or so ago. Get out of the way. Let us do our jobs. Quit trying to destroy this nation. That's what we're dealing with, folks. Quick timeout. Back here in just a second. I'm just going through here, going through, looking at some of these celebrities, right? I already referenced Rashida Tlaib, who called Trump an MF or saying he was, she was going to impeach him to her son, to her young son, which I say, keep it classy, right? Just keep it classy, Representative Shali, uh, Tlaib. Here, this is from the rap.com, 15 stars who imagined violence against Donald Trump. Um, let's see, Larry Wilmore, he used to be, used to be, not any longer, the host of Comedy Central's The Nightly Show. Now, see, this isn't, you gotta be funny, or at least you're supposed to be funny. At one point in time, shows on the comedy, uh, on what, Comedy Central used to be funny. I don't think they really are anymore. He said, during one of his shows, I don't want to give him, we're talking about President Trump, any more oxygen. That's not a euphemism, by the way. This is his quote. I mean it literally. Somebody get me the pillow they used to kill Scalia. This is what he said. 
and I'll do it. I'll do it. Ah, I hear the crowd laughing. <laughs> gosh. Oh, my gosh. What else? Oh, remember Madonna outside of the White House, or at least in Washington, D.C., January 2017, when she told the crowd at the Women's March that she had thought, this is quote, she had, quote, thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. That's very sophisticated. Robert De Niro said that he wanted to punch Trump in the face. Oh, my goodness. We got Kathy Griffin holding President Trump's, uh, the, you know, the, the severed head covered in blood. She looks like she's an ISIS member. By the way, I told Oz during the break, this severed head looks a lot more or a lot like the face of Alec Baldwin, which I don't even want to get into that at the moment. But that's Kathy Griffin. I mentioned the Julius Caesar play. Um, Johnny Depp, back in 2017, actually asked the question, joking, of course, when was the last time when was the last time an actor assassinated a president? Johnny Depp had asked. There's others as well. I don't want to get into all of them. This is just 15. So again, I'm not, this is not a, a what a blanket attempt to excuse anyone who's, uh, you know, wishing violence upon Biden. That's not what this is about at all. But people are sick and tired. What is worse, saying, let's go, Brandon, or watching your country collapse around you, leaving 450 Americans in Afghanistan, opening up the southern border, making it impossible for people to find jobs because of what's happening to the economy, stagflation, inflation. Let's go, Brandon, is really that offensive to these folks after what they've let happen the previous four years? Quick timeout. Back in just a minute. Folks, I don't have time to get into the whole Fauci and puppies thing. I don't have time to get into, I mentioned Project Veritas and what they were, what they had found with the uh, governor of New Jersey with um, reporting that he was going to do mask mandates after the election. Not before, they don't want you to vote on that. They want you to actually vote and then get stuck with what the radical left tells you. Now, time to get into that, into any of that stuff today as the program is coming to a conclusion. So we'll try to get to these things. And, of course, whatever happens between now and then tomorrow. Folks, have a great day. Thanks so much for listening. SDGC, then take care. I-